You have a lot to focus on every day. Let Virginia Premier focus on your health coverage. Our health plan is only focused on Virginia, so we can connect you with quality health care and local resources. Our added benefits give you more value on top of your medical and drug coverage from Virginia Medicaid. See our benefits at virginiapremier.com slash Medicaid and have your whole family with the same health plan. Virginia Premier, focused on Virginia, focused on you. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Sunday, October 10th, and we are in the midst of living through an unprecedented event for the month of October for us who come from the Midwest. We're actually going, this event going to intensify as the week goes on. We have not dropped below 60 degrees yet this month of October. It's already October 10th. Temperatures have failed to fall below 60. Now, why have they failed to fall below 60? So someone might want to say that, you know why? Because the daytime highs were around 80. Well, you know, if the daytime highs were around 80, then we would be talking about another unprecedented event for temperatures to be 80 degrees for the first 10 days of October. Certainly, if the temperatures were 80 degrees, I, we could hear why the overnight lows did not drop below 60. But when you look back at last week and you see those daytime highs are 68 degrees, 67 degrees, 69 degrees, and then you look at the overnight lows, 65 degrees, different 60 this degrees and 60 that degrees, you have to wonder what is going on here. We have the nights are 13 hours long. Temperatures start dropping even before Shkia, even before sunset, the temperatures start dropping. So we have 15 hours of dropping temperatures. So 15 hours of dropping temperatures. We had one day the high was 68, the low was 65. Well, that was so. Okay, that doesn't. Let's say the high was 68, and that night, let's say it was 63. Let's just say, I think it might have even been less than 5 degrees. You have 5 degrees within 15 hours, so we're talking about uh, dropping 1 degree every 3 hours, so a third of a degree an hour. What can possibly be causing that? A third of a degree an hour. Well, the answer is the dew points. The dew points, the humidity, the humidity is tremendous insulation here in the city and the temperatures are just not dropping. They can't drop below the dew point and the humidity stays. Now, why is there so much humidity and why so much consistency? I don't even know if we see such consistency in July. <clears throat> we do. We do see consistency in July. But even in July, we do get these Canadian air masses every now and then where dew points drop into the 50s. In fact, at the very end of July this year, dew points dropped into the 40s. But we've seen such consistency like this. It's just 10 days. Temperatures have not dropped below 60. Dew points have remained above 60 degrees. And the question again is why? So I've read in an article something very interesting. It's because the sun is so weak 
the wetness of the ground is just not evaporating at a significant pace, and therefore the dew points remain high. It is the weakness of the sun that is causing all the warmth right now. We still have vegetation all over the place. The growing season is coming to an end for many places out west. Even in the southwest, hard freeze warnings are in effect, and the National Weather Service leaves off with the forecast discussion, they sign off with, and this brings the growing season to an end. It's it's like, uh, it's sad words to hear. Because once the growing season comes to an end over there, and it comes to an end in the northwest Pacific and all around us to the west and eventually to the north, then the humidity starts to die down. Once the humidity starts to die down over there, even though the humidity continues over here, but the jet stream is going to gradually start to move south. That's what's going to start to happen. There's a question, there's a major question. Is it cold because the jets... The reason why we're warm, let's say. The reason why we're warm, is it because the jet stream is above us? Or is the reason why the jet stream is above us because we're warm? And they say nobody knows. It's like asking what came first, the chicken or the egg. Nobody knows. And it's really kind of like a combination of the two. It's a combination of the two. So in a certain way, I think it is the humidity that is keeping the jet stream further north. In fact, humid air is lighter than dry air. I know it doesn't feel like that, but if someone hits a baseball in humid air, that baseball is going to go much further. There'll be more home runs in humid air, especially in Denver, Colorado. There's going to be more home runs in humid air than in dry air. So the air expands, the air rises quicker. These air masses expand. They have the ability to push the jet stream up north and we are benefiting from that. I think that's what's keeping the jet stream up north. It's the area where there's the starkest, the strongest contrast in temperatures within the shortest distance, within the uh, compressed, with the, uh, there's some other word, but it's the sh- that's the area where the jet stream is going to develop. So we are right now south of that area. In fact, even areas much further north of us still, the leaves are barely changing colors. They're still well into the growing season, and it looks like many areas in this country, especially to our west and even our southwest, will be seeing an end to the growing season this week. What makes this week even more remarkable than the previous weeks is that a cold front from a potent storm system from the northwest Pacific is going to be moving through our area. In fact, two of them and the dew points are still going to remain above 60. How, like, even in July, dew points would drop below 60. If you have these, if you know what's going on in the Pacific Northwest, these are blizzards. This is really cold air coming into the Pacific Northwest. Temperatures in Stanley, Idaho are dropping to three degrees for several nights three degrees, four degrees. There's five degrees. It actually goes five degrees, four degrees, three degrees, something like that. We have temperatures. We already got down, I think, to nine degrees in some city in California yesterday. It was definitely the single digits, and I think the number was nine, and it was in the state of California that was the coldest temperature in this country. That was clear progress, perhaps for the first time, that summer, that doesn't happen in the summer. So I've seen 20s in the summer. We see 20s now. But on the other hand, 
Vietnam, we have Rio Grande Village, came in at 107 degrees yesterday, heat and high temperatures in Rio Grande Village, and this is a different Rio Grande Village, this is not even the hot Rio Grande Village, high temperatures today, 103 degrees with heat indices of 110 degrees. We do not get that often. Even in the summertime, it is not common to have heat indices of 110 degrees no matter where you are. When you combine the temperature and the humidity together, maybe the real field temperatures can hit 110, but the heat index, even in Phoenix, Arizona, the heat index on that official chart, maybe it's meaningless for them because the winds make it feel hotter and the sun makes it feel hotter. But the heat index is several degrees lower than the temperature, at least for the first half of the summer. I think for the second half, the uh, dew points start to creep up and they start to have a little bit of a heat index, but that's when the temperatures start to go down. So we see tremendous heat taking place in Rio Grande Village, Rio Grande, even the Rio Grande City. Also, there's tremendous heat going on over there. Uh, so... It's almost like we're in summertime mamish. It's really weird. What's, we're living in an unprecedented, here in Chicago, this is unprecedented, which that's another way of saying we are in record-breaking territory. We broke the record. We continue to break the record. And we even have a cold, a cold front in the month of October coming from a winter storm system, a winter-like storm system. And there's going to be a second one, too. And even then, forecasts continue to forecast overnight lows remaining above 60 degrees. I think Thursday night, 59 degrees. Finally, a front moves through on Friday. Temperatures are expected to go down to 50 degrees Friday night. It's going to take that. It's going to take that before the temperatures actually drop to 50 degrees. In regards to the East Coast, all of this is vanishing before it reaches the East Coast. The cold air is pretty much vanishing before it hits us. I think Shabbos, we're going to start to feel it. High temperatures, only, high temperatures only in the low 60s. You know, if we have low dew point air, low 60s, that it's going to feel much cooler than what the mid and upper 60s felt last week in higher dew point air. We might start to feel the fall weather by this upcoming Shabbos. That's certainly a possibility. There's pictures that many National Weather Services they're taking in the state of Maine, just taking a picture of the trees this year, comparing it to last year. And you just, you just see how the, the colors are just not changing. It's like we're still in summer. They're starting to change. Leaves are starting to fall, and the vegetation is gradually going to be coming to an end, over especially to the areas to the west. And the jet stream could, you know, jet stream could come down further south, and then we get these. The center of the really cold air masses remain above the jet stream, but the the, the bottom part of those air masses could hit us, even though we have that vegetation. Another real interesting thing, and I, it's really like a mind-boggling thing, is something that I read on the you know, from a National Weather Service in Louisiana. They said that the cold front moves through from this strong storm system, which we must talk about. It's going to be hitting Oklahoma. This storm system is going to be producing a severe weather outbreak where Oklahoma is being put into the category of a four, which is a moderate risk, a 40% chance for severe weather within a 25-mile radius. If I ever said otherwise in a previous podcast, I had it wrong then. I have it right now. Uh, I believe a 40% chance within a 25-mile radius. The highest it gets, I think, is 50%. And uh, 
there is a slight chance that I'm off on this, but it is category five is the highest. They are at a category four, and that's the highest number they have seen all year. Uh, and this is actually Dave, Chief Meteorologist Dave Murray in St. Louis for KTVI. He retired, but he said the St. Louis area gets a, a second severe weather season. Spring is the severe weather season, but there's a second one that pops up for two weeks. That's during the final week of October and the first week of November. But I'm reading now that October and November in general is another severe thunderstorm season. So we didn't see much severe weather at all this past summer or in the spring out in the southern plains. I think there was some on the east coast, more than usual perhaps on the east coast, but very little in the plains. But now it looks like they might be getting some more. Uh, as these storm systems, two of them, a severe weather outbreak today, another one happening on Tuesday, and one in the Midwest for tomorrow. Uh, the city in Louisiana said, back to Louisiana, after the cold front moves through, which usually dries us out, dries whatever city it is, it drives it out, uh, dries it out, it, dri it also drives out the rain and dries it out, but they said Pacific moisture it will continue to feed into the city, and therefore the chances of thunderstorms will continue. What I couldn't get over is that this is a city on the Gulf of Mexico, and I just couldn't figure out why, why, why do they need the Pacific moisture to get the thunderstorms? They have something so much greater than the cold Pacific water. They have the hot waters of the Gulf of Mexico right in front of their face. So... And then the Pacific Ocean, you know, the, it's a cold current. Unless they're talking about from the Gulf of California, it must be that. It must be it's, the Gulf of California has really warm water temperatures. So I guess it's talking about that. Uh, I guess the winds are coming from over there, and uh, the Gulf of Mexico is not doing it for whatever reason. Uh, the Gulf of Mexico is certainly doing it for North Carolina. Is a low-pressure system sits about 80 miles southeast of North Carolina, and it's producing two to four inches of rain for uh, North Carolina, along with coastal flooding from Miami all the way up to Boston, Massachusetts. And there's coastal flood statements, advisories, watches, and warnings in effect. The areas which have warnings, Virginia, Delaware, New Jersey, there's even one place in Maryland that has a warning. The National Weather Service says, do not leave your car for an extended period of time in certain areas because roads could easily become completely flooded like just like that. In North Carolina, floods would come as a result in addition to the two to four inches of rain that's expected there. Lots of storm systems, strong storm systems in the country this week, but of everything, the highest rainfall accumulations that I've seen forecasted is what's happening in North Carolina right now, and a two to four inches of rain. I think it might have even been Virginia. The National Weather Service is also monitoring this low pressure system for the potential of it becoming into a tropical storm, Mamish, and it would get the name Wana if it did so, and that would complete the alphabet. 21 storms, there is no name for Z or Y anything like that and then we start over again but this this would be the third season if that should happen this would be the third season that we're doing that the first season was 2005 the second season was last year and this would be another season should that happen where we're going to be starting the alphabet over again the uh, <clears throat> hurricane experts warn us that even if this does not happen and there's nothing going on in the Atlantic right now other than this low pressure system on the East Coast 
the, the Caribbean water temperatures are unusually warm, and therefore there is significant potential for the second, towards the end of the month of October, the end of the month of October, there's significant potential for tropical development. Now, what is unique about this year is previous years, we always went into the Greek alphabet. Those previous years, 2005 and 2020, they changed it. We're no longer using the Greek alphabet. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> what if we're using the Hebrew alphabet? <laughs> that would be so much fun. Uh, Hebrew, Avraham, Avraham, <laughs> Hurricane Avraham, or maybe there's a Hurricane Bilam, Bilam for, <laughs> but probably we're just going to start from A again and just, uh, they're probably just going to make up some names, A again in the English language, maybe they'll go to Spanish, I don't really know, but uh, that is likely to happen this year, regardless of whether this low pressure system becomes a tropical storm. It's probably not going to become a tropical storm because the upper atmospheric conditions are not, uh, are not conducive for development of a tropical storm, although this evening it will become a little bit more conducive, but nonetheless, it's probably not going to be a tropical storm, just bringing those two to four inches of rain. Uh, here in the... Where, where do we go from here? We're, um, we're all over the place, right? Well, the, everywhere in this country, generally speaking, I think everywhere in this country is getting severe weather this week except for the Northeast. There, it's only the coastal flooding issue that you have to worry about. I'm not aware of anything going on in the Northeast. Uh, we have a potent low-pressure system that moved onto the coast today. Uh, there might be another one also in the Pacific Ocean by the northwest with a front trailing out of that one, or the front's trailing out of the one from uh, on the just the west coast. And between the two of them, and especially during the second storm system that moves in in midweek, uh, colder air is going to be filtering into this country. But it's the one that's bringing a front today, that low pressure system, the one that's going to be bringing severe weather to Oklahoma on Tuesday, not the one bringing severe weather today, the one on Tuesday, there is two low pressure systems. There's more than that. We have two troughs this morning, two troughs, and one of the troughs of low pressure, which was intense, turned into two storm systems that went in opposite directions as it hit the Rocky Mountains. One of them went to North Dakota, I think that actually happened yesterday because North Dakota saw a severe weather outbreak yesterday evening. The other one went to, it's going to Oklahoma or Kansas. One of those states this evening, probably Kansas, and it's going to be producing a severe weather outbreak. It, the severe weather outbreaks happen in the northeast, the southeast part of the storm system towards the center. And the weather maps show a low-pressure system over Kansas. So low-pressure system moves into Kansas, maybe even southern Colorado. Actually, the map I saw shows southern Colorado. And you have that severe weather in Oklahoma. The state's getting hit the hardest is really Oklahoma and Arkansas. From 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. tonight, we're going to be seeing potential tornado development and large baseball-sized hail possible. The tornadoes that do develop are expected to be strong and to stay on the ground for a long period of time. That's from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. But that, so that's going to be in northeast Oklahoma, I believe. Northwest Oklahoma, I believe, is out of it. I believe they might just get thunderstorms. Then from 9 p.m. to midnight 
southeast Oklahoma, and then from midnight to 3 a.m., it's northwest Arkansas. It was. It seemed kind of strange to me, but that's what it is. Dallas, Texas, at some point, is going to hit with this also. The way it's working for tonight is you have uh, the chances for tornadoes are highest from the 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., and then the storms are going to turn into one large squall line. It's going to attack everywhere. And that's when the tornado chances go way down. They remain, though. There's still a chance for tornadoes, but the general weather risk is going to be damaging winds up to 80 or some say even 90 miles per hour. Uh, Later on tonight, that's going to be the main issue uh, in the Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Texas area. Uh, it actually the forecast models continue to spread that area it's <laughs> spread the areas which are going to be seeing that severe weather in fact what's really strange is that i noticed in all of a sudden there was an area in northeast minnesota that's been put onto a slight risk for severe weather as well and it looked like it was for today that's what it looked like i don't know what that's all about uh, in Wisconsin, it looked like they're under a marginal risk for severe weather, 5 to 15% chance for severe weather. Slight risk is 15 to 25% chance. Moderate risk, uh, enhanced risk, is is uh, is 25 to 35% chance. Moderate risk is basically 40%. And then a high risk on Tuesday, Oklahoma might go into a high risk for severe weather, which means a 50% chance for severe weather on Tuesday. Tuesday might even be more significant than tonight. That's that major storm system bringing blizzard-like conditions to the northwest, 18 to 24 inches of snow for southeast Montana, north central, uh, south, north central Wyoming. Wyoming and Montana are going to be the states that get hit the hardest with this storm. Realize many cities that are forecast to get these large snowfall accumulations, when all is said and done, there may not actually be that much snow on the ground because when the snow falls during the day, temperatures are going to be well above freezing. So there's going to be a lot of melting. Some of the precipitation will be falling as rain. But in the official uh, accumulation, the way they do it, it might actually come out to be large amounts. Stanley, Idaho will probably see around an inch, but temperatures dropping to near 3 degrees for several nights this week with high temperatures in the low 40s and off rain and snow through Wednesday. Heaviest snow will be falling Monday night into Tuesday morning with strong winds bringing blizzard-like conditions for many of the mountain areas. And in fact, some of the snow might even be hitting the valley floors as far south as New Mexico, says the Midland, Texas National Weather Service. A few snowflakes possible in Denver, Colorado, and also Boulder, Colorado, from this potent storm system bringing the coldest air of the season. Temperatures are actually going to be 20 to 30 degrees below normal, all the way down into Phoenix, Arizona, even southern Arizona as well. Until we get there, we're already... Uh, for tomorrow, high wind warnings, even today already. High wind warnings, tremendous wind storms. Wind gusts up to 75 miles per hour for Lake, for Los Angeles Mountain Counties. National Weather Service warns everyone should stay away from trees, especially forest areas. Trees will get blown down. Power lines will get bro- uh, blown down. 
And people are, ideally, they say, should be in basements away from windows until the windstorm has passed. This is not just a normal windstorm. It's not just a high windstorm. This is like the highest of the high. In fact, the AccuWeather Max is at 80 miles per hour gusts just from, you know, it's sunny out and blah, blah, blah. Actually, uh, dust storms are expected to develop in the desert southwest with zero visibility. So we have both the desert southwest and the Pacific northwest and even areas in between. Uh, pockets of zero visibility, either because of whiteout conditions or dust out conditions. Breathing will be, uh, bre- there's breathing issues also in the desert southwest due to the dust storms. Severe weather in the desert southwest, severe weather up in the uh, northwest, also some severe weather going on in the Colorado Rockies as well. Uh, there are some pockets here and there in Utah and Nevada getting higher snowfall accumulations. The highest I saw in California was only 4 inches. Temperatures got down to 9 degrees in the city in California yesterday, but 107 degrees in Rio Grande Village, Texas yesterday. Forecast temperatures 103 for today and tomorrow with heat indices of 110 degrees just unbelievable stuff. This is July stuff. Even for that city, it's July stuff. The sun is at a low angle everywhere right now, even Miami. This is really, uh, this is really unbelievable stuff. So there's lots of heat. And when that collides with the cold air, also the dry line, air that is bone dry coming out of the desert is colliding with humid Gulf of Mexico air over Oklahoma and that is what's producing the tornado potential. You need that dry line for the tornadoes. When you go up into the atmosphere, the winds are blowing in all different types of directions and that's going to produce strong rotation and that's going to have an increase in the chances of tornadoes. But again, the tornado risk goes down and the damaging wind risk goes up as the night proceeds. Uh, the severe weather then risk and then moves into the Chicago area, cities like St. Louis, Detroit, Rapid City, uh, Michigan. It moves in there, us, our area for tomorrow. It's not as high, but one thing that's going to be different over here is that the thunderstorms are going to be moving at a really quick pace, 60 miles per hour, 50 to 60 miles per hour. That's due to really strong winds that are just above the surface, and with that, the most... The highest risk of anything severe is going to be the damaging winds because if those strong winds can be brought down to the surface, which any thunderstorm can do, then we're going to have to deal with damaging winds over here. But there also is a chance for tornadoes even in our area. And realize when the storms are moving that quickly, there's very little warning between the time a tornado warning is issued and between the time the tornado happens. In Oklahoma, uh, with the exception of northeast Oklahoma, they're going to be dealing, especially for north West Arkansas, they're going to be dealing with the issue of tornadoes coming after midnight, if should any develop, and that's extremely dangerous. People should have a uh, plan to hear a, an alarm so that they could take caution or just sleep in the basement. Um, I want to know if we covered everything, because it's been 26 minutes, and uh, it's, uh, it's Tuesday... Let's see. Uh, we have low pressure systems uh, all around 29.4 for the most part. Uh, some are 29.3, some are 29.5. <clears throat> they're, uh, they're moving 
there's two storm tracks in this country right now. One of them is towards the Canadian-United States border, and the other one is the moving down. It take, they take a dive from the Pacific Northwest, dive down into the four-cornered area, and then they move northeast into the Great Lakes, and then they dissipate before they hit the East Coast. The East Coast is not going to get hit by any of this. There's going to be unsettled weather around the East Coast throughout the week, I believe, with scattered showers and thunderstorms. But temperatures are going to be above normal for the week. That cold air, even for us, the cold air really isn't going to make it here. I mean, temperatures are not going to be in the 80s on Tuesday. We're going to see temperatures in the 70s, but that's still well above the normal high for today with a high of 65 degrees. Record high here in Chicago today, 86 degrees, and the record low is down into the 20s. The lake water temperatures remain quite warm at 69 degrees, and the overnight lows are really record territory, dropping down to around 70 degrees for tonight. Uh, again, overnight lows remain in the 60s. Daytime highs in the 70s for most of this week. High temperatures might hit 80 degrees tomorrow. The marathon runners had a lot of siata deshmaya today. There's two possibilities. Either the computer models are wrong, which means if they were able to perfect the computer model, there will, there will be a time when they will actually be accurate and such a thing will never happen. If they forecast, if the models are forecasting highs low to mid 80s, the clouds are expected to remain out of the area, that's what it's going to be. Or the other possibility is that the models were right, that Taka is what was supposed to happen, but there was a Seattle Deshmaya. Things got changed because you had marathon runners. They can't run a 26.2 mile race in 80 degree heat. They can't do it when dew points are in the 60s. Temperatures feel, they say, 20 degrees warmer than what they actually are to a jogger. Joggers claim that the most ideal weather conditions are when temperatures are in the 50s here in the Chicago area. I think if it's very dry out, temperatures would have to be higher than the 50s. That's especially true for bike riding when you have that wind going on. But uh, I think they really lucked out. Temperatures remained, I think they remained below 80. And if they did hit 80, it's going to be happening now or so. And that's something noteworthy. A lot of noteworthy stuff going on on the weather map uh, for today. One thing that I pointed out in a podcast, I don't know if I did it in this podcast, is a city in Italy the last week last week got 29 inches of rain within a 12-hour period. They got 19 inches of rain within a 7-hour period and a 7 inches of rain within a 1-hour period in the city in Italy. It broke all records for Europe. The European records go back hundreds of years. Remember, 29 inches of rain is equal to approximately 290 inches of snow. Another thing phenomenal is yesterday, if you look at the temperatures at 6 p.m. in Oklahoma, if I mentioned this on this podcast, then just forget it, but the temperatures 6 p.m. yesterday in Oklahoma were in the 90s everywhere except for about five or six cities. Two of those cities, 89 degrees. The other ones, the maybe three, four cities were in the hundreds, in the hundreds, generally in northwest Oklahoma, but there was a city in southwest Oklahoma that was 100 degrees. Northwest Oklahoma, there was a city called called Freedom. That was the name of the town. Temperature hit 102 degrees in that town in Oklahoma. Just amazing, amazing stuff for this time of the year in mid-October. The sun's angle is again low. Even in Miami, the sun's angle is getting probably down to 60 degrees already at the peak. Here in Chicago, the shadows are longer than, than you are, even at peak heating. 
you know, how late in the day do you have to wait on June 21st? How late is it before the shadow is longer than you are? At noon, it, the shadows are as short as can be. Is it 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock? So the, the noontime sun angle is equivalent to probably 4 or 5 o'clock on June 21st. The evening time, it's, it's like the evening. How much heating could you get from that? We're surviving on dew points. We're surviving. It's, that's the variable here. Once that's taken away from us, then things might go crashing. They might go crashing. So I don't know if this is an indicator of a warm winter at all. Remember this, the coldest winter on record, 1936, the hottest summer on record, 1936. There are plenty of articles that would tell you that it was a tie. 1936 and this past summer was a tie because, because it was 39.98 degrees. That, not 39. What was it? The... What was the average temperature? Oh, I don't... Okay, I forgot what the... No, 70... The average temperature this past summer, I think, was 74 degrees. And in 1936... 1936 was 73.98. It was something like that. So even Tom Skilling mentioned something that indicated, like, he's not so impressed with the difference of temperatures. Uh, and... You know, there's other things that go into this um, that could also slug the whole thing up. And an argument could be made to say that the 1936 summer was actually hotter. The rain in Italy took place last week. Remember, a week before Bismarck, North Dakota, we are, they are now talking about some snow. Last week, temperature hit. No, 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 no. Billings, Montana is under a winter storm warning for 7 to 14 inches of snow. Although if you look at the forecast, it's 5 and a half inches. And one week ago, before this storm is hitting, temperature was 86 degrees. And another city was 90 degrees a week ago. But maybe it was Boise. It was somewhere in Idaho or Montana. I don't think it was Wyoming. It was Idaho or Montana. Bismarck, North Dakota was in the low 90s a week ago. And I think it was 100 in Hazen, North Dakota, one week after the fall equinox, which is pretty impressive stuff. Okay, everyone, I I know that we didn't cover everything. I just can't imagine that we did, but who knows? Volsdrift, South Africa, is going up to 110 degrees this week with overnight lows in the low and mid-60s. So you have it. Here in Chicago, we have overnight lows in the low to mid-60s. Daytime highs last week, upper 60s. There, overnight lows, low to mid-60s. Daytime highs, 110. That's quite a difference. Dew point over there, 22 degrees. We don't see that until the winter time. Thank you for listening. I hope everybody enjoyed. And uh, we've been on this podcast for 34 minutes. We're just going to listen to a little song uh, to... <laughs> for whatever reason and uh let's pick out this song it's called white rabbit march it's supposed to sound jewish um uh